Dr. Michael Barrett, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today on knowledge exchange and service innovation in emerging markets. What's the relationship between the mobile phone innovation and financial inclusion? It's a hot topic at the moment. It is, Bonnie, and it's for a very clear reason. If you look at the statistics, two in three people have a mobile uh, in, in many emerging economies. And only one in seven of those people have access to financial services. So immediately you can see there's a huge opportunity uh, to meet key needs for financial services that we all have, and basic ones, uh, because of the mobile technology that allows it. And what type of societies and people are we talking of? The fa- you know, the infamous stories, of course, of, of immigrants to, to the first world sort of texting, sending money back via their mobile phone to their families in the so-called third world. And that's increasingly the case. International remittances are being used by these platforms. But, Bonnie, the real uh, hotbed of innovation and where things are happening is on the ground in these emerging economies. Simply money being transferred between urban centers and rural areas in places like uh, Kenya, Tanzania, Afghanistan, increasingly in South Africa, all over uh, many parts of the world is really, really uh, important. The reasons are security. Many do not have easy ways of transmitting and transferring money between themselves and their families. And because of the lack of access to bank accounts, uh, in Kenya alone, you've got 95% of the population being unbanked, not having easy access to basic services. Uh, Also have Tanzania, 99%, we could go on and on. Large, large numbers of the population simply do not have access to banking services in their own countries. You looked at one particular service called M-Pesa. What's that? Yes, Bonnie. M-Pesa is a mobile service which was started between Vodafone, Sugentia and Safaricom in Kenya to help support financial inclusion for the many unbanked that had no access to financial services. Is it the mobile technology itself that's improving, that's now allowing these markets to open up? Or is it, if you like, a spontaneous uh, combustion of people in the developing world, India, China, uh, Brazil, the emerging economies there, Mm. needing these services so new markets are opening up? Yes, absolutely, Bonnie. There's increasing demand of consumers in, in many countries around the world to having these basic services. So there is that consumer expectation and need that's growing. But additionally, it's not so much about the technology becoming increasingly uh, high-tech and innovative. In, in fact, many of these services, for, such as M-Pesa, which we'll talk about later, are based on low-end, disruptive innovation uh, uh, handsets. So it's not so much that, that, that we need to have high-end technology. It's about meeting the demand and being innovative at the what we call the the, the, the level of the SMS uh, to to allow and to facilitate the innovation. Now I know you've been looking at one particular project involving Vodafone. Tell us about that. Very exciting innovation story uh, happened very very much in the Cambridge area between Sagentia and Vodafone. Uh, Vodafone winning a million dollars corporate social responsibility. Uh, initiative from DFID, Department for International Trade and Development, and working alongside uh, 
Sagentia, a high-tech firm well-known for innovation in the Cambridge area, to, to figure out and determine how mobile innovations could be used on the ground in emerging economies. And, and how can they be used? What, what did it reveal that we don't know or already? We already know that places like India, and in particular, are, are beating the West hands down. Yes, the partnership was, was, was really interesting in, in the sense of working together on the ground with, the, with local uh, Safaricom, which is the subsidiary for Vodafone in Kenya, and the process of identifying what the, the innovation was, was pretty critical. And you had individuals from Vodafone and Sugentia going on the ground for six months and longer to understand working amongst the people to see how the technology was being used and to see what exactly was the the, the, the service need. Uh, the network itself as well played a key role. Uh, how was money being stored and transferred? Initially, it was thought that it would be supporting microloans, but in, in fact, that was not the, the real need that was there on the ground. You could see on the network that people were starting to store more and more money way beyond what was needed to service these microloans. That was the initial intent of the innovation. And that money was being transferred between uh, rural and urban areas to allow for uh, funding back of salaries from the urban areas to the families in, 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 um, out in the countryside. So you seem to be saying, Dr. Michael Barrett, that the innovation is coming from the bottom, that companies can't any longer, like Vodafone, you know, think up a, a eureka moment and, and pass that technology down to the bottom. They, they've got to be there on the ground, at the grassroots, yes. to find out what the next innovation is yes. likely to be. Yes, exactly. And that's a third leg, if you like. If you think of being on the ground yourselves and trying to do a top-down, which doesn't always work, and then the technology can help in that role. But as you say, Bonnie, crucially, user-led innovation on the ground, how grassroots individuals start to seize upon the, and use the technology in, in ways that weren't even expected. What we see now is the, the spiraling of different entrepreneurial opportunities from the, the flower shop person that, that is an agent um, of this, this technology that starts to set up flower uh, transactions and sets up a flower business, uh, mixing the internet with using mobile transfer of money to, to do payments. So the whole mobile payments, uh, whether it's for salaries between employees and the company, between government and citizens, the opportunities are endless. And it is being bottom, as you say, driven by bottom-up user innovation, which, uh, which the technology allows. Is that changing the relationships too? Are they becoming more collaborative? Because they are interdependent, isn't it? You know, it's no longer the bottom tipping its cap as we say, to, to the top, right. you know, Vodafone and the like aren't going to get their companies right and, unless they listen to these voices coming from the grassroots. Absolutely. Listening to the customers and, 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 and understanding the behavior are, are, are crucial and how you, if you like, co-design and co-develop the innovation by allowing for those voices to be heard and tapping into them uh, and developing new services on the back end of it is absolutely critical. If you were to say, well, right, as a result of, of my study, our, our research, mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen in the future, can you look into the crystal ball a little bit? Mm -hmm. Always difficult, and, and as we see, uh, arrows in the back for those that try. But I, I, I do believe that we will see, uh, over time, uh, uh, um, increasing 
emphasis, and it's already started with the large corporates, to recognise that these are not merely corporate social responsibility initiatives. These can indeed, over time, become very important uh, in their own right, business units, that because of the immense value that can be created from having uh, a low-value service with a large number of potential customers uh, creating a, a, a different value proposition. It's indeed a very different business model than, say, what you have with innovations from the iPod and the iPad. So I, I believe that you will start to see uh, a rapid growth over the next um, um, 10 years, really, of mobile innovations, which will stretch all the way from financial inclusion through to agriculture, supporting farmers in transparent markets and coordination of crops, right the way through to mobile health. How is it that you can support, for example, in China, um, both traditional and Western medicine? How is it that you can allow uh, nurses in the field to do services and have them being paid for automatically through the mobile technology? How is it that you can have electronic health records available as personal health records on your mobile to help coordinate healthcare wherever you're based across large stretches of countryside? The other thing, just finally, that I notice is really the incredible pace of this, if you like, revolution, because it's more an industrial revolution than just about incremental change in, in business, isn't it? it? It's happening fast. It is. It's happening fast. And like all disruptive innovations, it's happening when many are sleeping. It's happening because it's just starting out small. It's happening in places where it doesn't seem that there's a lot of added value. So why bother? But that flip like all networked innovations happens very quickly and will be be tied to those that don't wake up and look at it as uh, in the next few years as to the tremendous value that can be raised dr michael barrett thank you ever so much for talking to the cambridge judge business school podcast series today on knowledge exchange and service innovation in emerging markets i've learned a lot thank you bonnie